You are now tuning in to New Radio with your host, Kenny Heflin. And I am here with my lovely friend, Devin A. Hey, Devin A. Long time. Too long. <laughs> when was the last time that we had a, an episode together? Um, when we told our um, three worst sex stories. Oh, yes. I believe that was season two. That was season two. Ooh, we going to get into that because I have some questions for you, but okay, yeah, but I guess y'all, oh my gosh, I haven't been back in so long. Um, before we start, make sure to subscribe to new radio streaming on all platforms where you can hear podcasts and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter under the same handle at new radio one zero one. And if you want to reach out to me personally, find me on Instagram at Kenny Heflin. So get that out the way. But Devonay, how can we find you? Um, so I'm on Instagram at World of Dev Michelle. And then I'm on Twitter at It's Dev's World. Oh, so it's not the Nevadius or whatever? No, that's just my little. Oh, that's like. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. But my actual Twitter handle is It's Dev's World. But yes, or you can find me under Navadius, N E E V A D I U S. So exotic. With a purple devil language. Lord. <laughs> Why the purple devil? Because. You on demon time? I mean, it, it gives future. You do love future, that's right. I do, that's my man. We're manifesting, y'all. Mm -hmm. I got the frequency screen going on. We've both been together, but the last, uh, what, two weeks or so, experiencing some alignment in the words that we speak and how they come into fruition um, in real life, which has been like really creepy, but yeah. fascinating at the same time. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely quite odd, but also like, mm, that's cool. Yeah, so it's like, we gonna have to, like, you know what? We're gonna manifest while we speak, like if we were on the phone together. Mm -hmm. But luckily I have you here in LA, which is so good. I'm so excited because you haven't been back like solo in in like, what, a year or so? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look at that. And we had fun that last time last year. Around this time last year, right? It was yeah. like August. Oops. Yeah, late August. Oh, my God. Well, I'm so excited to get into it. You know, uh, this is season four of New Radio. And like I said before, like I have not recorded in so long. I've been able to be a co-host on like other people's shows and guests and all that stuff or whatever. But this is like my first recording of season four. And I'm like really interested to see how this goes because this summer has been like really uh, eye opening. Has yours been? Definitely very eye opening. Mm. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a, a thing. Nothing has been too much of a lull, but kind of sort of in its own little way. I don't know. But we'll get into it. Yeah, but oh, let's see. I mean, baby, let me tell you, this summer, 
we've obviously been talking throughout this time, this entire summer or whatever, but I mean, just for like the people, y'all, we, we done experienced some things that we don't get into though, but you know, yeah. What have you seen as far as just like, just as somebody on the outside and knowing like what's been going on? Cause I have, you know, kept you up, up to date and everything like that as the things have been thinking, but like the last few months, like what has been like your perception of that? Um, I would say that you've definitely been very reflective. Mm-hmm. You've been um, just taking the time to really get to know yourself, understand how you move, whether it be with how how you love people, how you communicate with people, things that make you feel insecure, things that make you feel anxious. Like, I really feel like you've been kind of taking a microscope to how you function as a person mm-hmm. in your relationships with, you know, romantic people or, you know, romantic interests, or even just with your friends. Like I've really just kind of seen you do that introspection and kind of, you know, revitalize how you approach things. And I think it, um, it's definitely kind of with the energy of the astrology that's going on with like Saturn being in Pisces, people connecting more with, um, their spiritual selves. Oh, and then also, um, with us now currently in the midst of the venus retrograde that is ending today but very nice hallelujah thank you jesus Um, (laughs) okay but i definitely feel like you've um you've taken things slower than normal but in the best way oh got you okay Hmm. yeah that's a good analysis. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, yeah, it's definitely been, you know, uh, there's been a lot going on like these last few months and just like you said, just analyzing and taking my time to like really see like what's going on. But you've also been teaching me a lot about the meanings behind different things and interpretations through astrology, which I've always been a fan of, but with you being around, you have like enlightened me and opened me up to, you know, the science, more of like the science behind it and like the philosophy, you know, that's attached to it and stuff like that, that kind of just like makes things make more sense. In my opinion, you know, I think the funniest thing that you had mentioned, uh, was it like last weekend with, what was my 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 moon my Saturn and Jupiter or something like that? Huh? <laughs> what it what was it? Oh, oh, you have Jupiter and Cancer. Okay, so what was what what and does so, that mean again? So Jupiter provides a really expansive energy, mm. and Cancer is very moody because mm-hmm. um, Cancer, you know, it's lunar energy, so it's the moon, and so e- emotions have an you know, a tendency to expand. So like people feel about you very deeply. Hmm. And so that whether that's love or lust or anger, people come at you, you know, kind of very expansive, very explosive. <laughs> so, okay. Cause y'all know I call Devonate Oracle. <laughs> like she going to break down some astrology. So with the people, being so you know activated and triggered in such an intense way 
what I guess like again like from the outside view whatever like what have you seen from like examples at least uh just like how that has like hit me these last few months um, I mean some of the DMs you get be crazy they do <laughs> y'all <laughs> people be saying the wildest shit to you in your dm like yeah. like it, and it'd be just a tuesday yeah yeah and he's be like my booty hole is pulsating thinking about you yeah like that be the energy and i'm like it's new <laughs> like are you not at work right like, why are you telling me your booty hole is pulsating? Like, is it, what's, what's happening? Like, should we check that out? But also, like, I'm flattered, but. Yeah. Also, like, baby, this is business hours. It, it really is. Like, it's not 12 o'clock a.m. Like, I mean, no, that's, that's totally correct. Cause I mean, I get those types of messages and nudes and stuff like that just upon waking up. You know, if I post a selfie, literally just of my face, I'll get something to that extent of like a pulsating booty hole, you know, or I can post a, the sun and somebody will say that mm -hmm. it's like they use every excuse to just say what they want. Yeah, they just feel that energy. I don't know what they be feeling. <laughs> I, I don't know what they be feeling because the fuck. Yeah, so I guess that really, so yeah, you did mention like the intensity of lust mm -hmm. that people have. Um, I think that that is definitely a big one too. Just the intensity just of emotion, period. Like people also, like when they fuck with you, they fuck with you. Yeah, they do. I mean, so I had a lot. Um, I guess like, where do we start? I mean, from, like I said, it's been a, a couple months, y'all. Uh, and to Devonay's point, you know, you remember a couple months back when, uh, my most recent ex, um, uh, from last year, um, I told you like how they like came at me, like outside the club and stuff and mm -hmm. was trying to like pitch the idea of having a sexual relationship. Um, and I'm like, but we barely had sex when we were dating. <laughs> like how that was, that was interesting because I was out at the club and happened to run into him. And he was just like, you know, you're like, to me, like, you're like my, you know, ex-husband, we have like a kid together and we, you know, are co-parenting or whatever like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean. And y'all dated for a few months. For seven months. Yeah. Yeah. But he feels so deeply that he feels like you're his ex-husband with a child. Yeah, and I think from what he was saying was just like, because we were fostering some type of cordial relationship. Mm -hmm. you know and it was i felt that it was needed to be just strictly that because you know months before he had 
you know, pitched the idea of us hanging out and stuff like that or whatever. And he didn't feel all these things, you know, um, but that was not the truth because he was expecting um, a lot of time to be spent. So it was funny because after he had said that, it was just like we went outside and stuff and he was just like asking me, you know, like, oh, are you dating or whatever? And I'm like, don't ask me that. I'm like, you don't want to, you really don't want to know that. Right. Like, he's like, yes, I do. Like, of course I do. I'm, no, you really don't. No. And we just like got into like this whole situation. It wasn't like a violent or argument or anything like that, but he did eventually pitch uh, the idea at least that next day of us having like a, a sexual relationship, you know, cause the day before, you know, he pitched the idea of us like, you know, well, we should just like really hang out. Like, I really like miss you and stuff or whatever like that. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not a good idea because us hanging out like that's the expectations are not going to be just to hang out. You know, that's access that you're going to have that you may, you know, miss from last year and you're going to get accustomed to that. We're going to fall into like some like weird cycle and eventually end up back at square one again, most likely. Yeah. So I just felt that, you know, that next day when he had, um, you know, end up pitching the idea of having a sexual relationship, I'm like. I felt so weird about that because I was just like, we, that was part of the reason why we broke up, you know, was because we didn't feel like we were compatible sexually. So I kind of felt like it was like a, a I kind of felt like it was a kick in the ass. Like it was insulting because it's like, so you weren't willing to do certain things when we're together, but now you're pitching the idea of like us just doing that. And we're going to do that without like the entire relationship that comes with like the responsibilities and things and all the other attachments that come with a relationship. Well, and I feel like he's probably seeing it from the other end. It's now let me give him this thing that I couldn't give him in the relationship. Interesting. But I'm like, it's silly, in my opinion, to mm. approach things that way, especially when you have, you know, all of these emotionally intense things that happen mm -hmm. with you all. And then just for you to retract and be like, okay, let me offer myself sexually. It just, yeah, it didn't hit how he wanted it to. That's fair. Yeah, it was just interesting because, like, I never really had, and I, I have, but it was just, it was, a little bit different, you know, having someone like really try to negotiate like proximity to you mm -hmm. by any means, you know, and we, it just got to the point where, you know, for me, like he's a great guy and all that stuff or whatever, but I have like found myself like really being cognizant of avoiding run-ins and stuff just because the last few times, these last couple of months, at least it becomes a bit uncomfortable after uh, the alcohol wears off and like, you know, you had like this semi um, intense, but laughable conversation with this person that you do share history with. Um, 
you know, like when you sober up and stuff like that next day, you like, that was a lot, mm-hmm. you know? So I have like found myself really trying to, you know, avoid those situations as much and like minimalize, you know, uh, kind of like what's going on, but also minimize interactions whenever that happens, because like they have come into like the gay scene uh, most recently these last few months, which was something different because he wasn't in that before, Mm -hmm. like at all. So now it's like, it's not so much of a safe space for me anymore because it's just always like something heavy. And I was just like, okay, like, and I told you, like, it wasn't just even him, you know, um, when my friend Javi, who's been on the show, when he came and uh, one of the guys I dated, you know, uh, late last year, early this year, um, I think I mentioned like the one who had like a lot of life stuff going on and stuff like that or whatever. And we was just like, look, let's do your thing or whatever. And he was like an island when he goes through his stuff or whatever. But I decided just to leave him alone because I was like, first off, how you go through things and like shut down and just like pull everything within yourself and then come out, you know, weeks or months later, that's not the type of relationship that I want to build with a friend or, or a lover because for herself, like that's really triggering to me. Like, don't shut me out, mm-hmm. you know, uh, cause you can never know exactly why they, why you're not talking to them or why they've shut down. It can be because of you can be about whatever, but you don't know that because they're not communicating. So that guy, he ended up seeing me out and I was out with Javi and stuff. We were having a good time at the fallout and he saw me, hadn't seen me mums, but he just was like really pressed on having a conversation. And I kept saying like, you know, this is not the right time. It's not the right time. You know, let's talk tomorrow. We can have a conversation, but let's talk tomorrow, whatever. But he was just so pressed on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And it's just like, we had that conversation. He apologized. Uh, also, you know, negotiated some type of proximity and stuff. And I told him what my boundaries were, which was, this is what I'm going to tolerate. Well, I'm not going to tolerate, but you know, I feel like with him, Again, a great dude, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, he says all the right things at the time, but uh, the follow-up is always just like inconsistent. I feel like he says like all the sweet things and intellectual things and we have great chemistry, but there is some incompatibility there, you know? So we recently hung out, um, I want to say like back in some months ago now at this point, but again, talked about, you know, uh, the possibility of us being in a relationship, like really dating and stuff or whatever. And like what my expectations were and everything. But again, everything fell short. You know, he started working and after that spiel that day we spent together some months back, I'm like, okay, so here we are again, you know, that lull Mm. until he sees a post or until he sees me, you know, out and about 
or some random point he'll reach out what you been up to uh, you know us boy but it's like but you said all that stuff right and i hate when a post or something like that like you putting something out there just you know for your sake of your social media mm-hmm. is a trigger for, for someone to spin the block when they been had access they been could have reached out yes because i'm just like you wasn't thinking about me until you saw this vote and i don't i don't i don't fuck with that shit why do you think guys do that like as a woman like why do you think guys do that I honestly, I that's been racking my mind for a while now. And I, in simple terms, I think it's because they really weren't thinking about it until they saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're reminded. Oh, oh. oh I mean, because like a lot of, a, a, a lot of things, I'm just always like, what the fuck? Like, what was, what was behind that? You know, but I mean, I don't know. But then there was uh, the other guy, the poly guy. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, again, great dude. But he sabotaged the fuck out of what well, could have been a pretty cool relationship. You know, it had potential. It definitely had its potential, you know. But I also understand like how that is because when you're dealing with the healing phase and you're dating somebody new and even though everything is going great you know uh with us we had great compatibility you know i felt like he was definitely somebody who was naturally a very reaffirming energy and a very uh validating spirit you know we had like really nice like compatibility like just when it came to like emotional intellectual um we eventually found out that you know sexually like we were compatible um you know but i just felt like you know his ex was going through some shit some natural disaster far away and had hit him up you know and it was like we would go out you know throughout these the beginning half of this year and we would go and had a great fucking time and, you know, this guy was a crush of mine since 2018, and we just never had the opportunity to, like, really spend time or whatever because he was going to school, like, out the country. So when he moved back to, uh, back home to California, this was our opportunity to finally get to, like, really see what that was about. And it was going good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kept you up to date on that, yeah. you know, and even though he was poly, like, that obviously, like, for me as a monogamous person it forced me to like learn a little bit more and to do more research on how poly individuals work mm-hmm. and how they form and uh, nurture their relationships being romantically entangled with multiple people, mm-hmm. you know, but I also got to know that, um, you know, within the poly spectrum and stuff like that, which he and I talked about was that, you know, what made it easier for me to digest is that, okay, so basically you're capable of being poly, but if you happen to meet someone who fulfills all these different things and stuff, you know, to the point where you don't feel the need or you're not even receptive or open to any possibility of dating someone else and forming a new friend, a friendship that turns into a relationship or whatever like that, um, 
then okay but you're capable of being poly if given those opportunities um so that's what like helped me figure out like how that works and how me and him could shift into a relationship together mm-hmm. and like i said he and i we we talked about it and he was like yeah like i yeah you know but i just felt like you know with that um when his boyfriend like reached out you know even though he said that he blocked him and stuff he did but um i know all too well how um how them exes can uh find ways to sneak right the fuck back in through the crevices speak on it you find a look you you block your ex on all these things i mean and for them to send you an email child or i've heard people get blocked and then send a dollar on cash app Mm -hmm. with like a note attached to it Mm -hmm. i've heard things like that too but yeah, like his ex, like supposedly had like emailed him and stuff and like guilt tripped him for not checking in on him after like whatever disaster, some shit or whatever. But that took him through a loop. And um, he was really good at communicating. Like he communicated like the anger and the frustration and just the fact that first off, he didn't have time to really process that um, because at that time he was coming to spend a night for the first time. And that was going to be a good time. Like, I was really looking forward to that. But, you know, at that point, like, we had finally, like, been sexual, which was fun, you know. But that next day, like, he got, like, really emotional, you know, and really spilled out his heart. And just, like, the fact that he feels like he's, like, fucking up, you know. And I was like, damn. But, like I told you, I had appreciated his vulnerability and his transparency. Yeah. But it also was a huge red flag for me because I was like, okay, if you're second, I don't need you second guessing shit with me. Period. Because to our to our point for us, everything's been going great. You have talked about, you know, you have talked to your ancestors and the spirits and all these things and you have shown me to your friends and told me to your, like on facetimes and all these things or whatever like that and you know this has been a great couple months of us dating finally after crushing on each other for years and now this ex that you've blocked that's destructive and toxic this ex just with one email can just like throw you off your rocker and then you just fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And for that, like, you know, I kind of felt like with him after dealing with that, now that it's been, you know, a couple months now and just like processing and everything like that. And even just being able to mention this, like on the show, I kind of feel like, you know, still a great dude, but I kind of feel like, uh, some of it was like full of shit yeah i can completely see how you'd feel that way yeah i mean yeah i mean like for you why would you why did you feel like that just based off of, like what you knew about it i mean just go piggybacking piggybacking off of what you just said 
y'all had a great couple of months. You're building that attachment within his community. He's showing you off on FaceTime and, you know, he supposedly is talking to his ancestors about you. And they're all saying it's all, it's all great. It's amazing. But then one email created such like an emotional frenzy Mm -hmm. that he's like, oh, I need to retract. And it's just kind of like, was what we were doing not intense? Because mm-hmm. you show me to, to other motherfuckers, mm-hmm. you know, you're making it known that you're spending romantic time with me. You're making it known that you're establishing this kind of connection with me. So why is it immediately paused? Because you got an email. Yeah, because the best way he ex- could explain it was that he felt emotionally insecure. Mm hmm. You know, he was also moving. Um, he was planning on moving because he was looking forward to like taking a job that was going to take him out of California. So there was that too. But those things are never promised, of course. Right. But um, that was in the ether. But I mean, like you were saying, like, you know, what we talked about was that, you know, hey, he was just like, I feel like I really haven't had too much time to process and like really you know, heal and stuff like that or whatever. But for me, at least what I don't want to do is ever negotiate proximity to anyone. Um, and I also kind of want people to learn what I had to learn a long time ago was just the fact that we are never healed. Healing low key is seeking perfection. Like when we think about us being fully healed it's kind of like oh we're looking to be like zero flaws yeah and that's like damn near no flaws at all nobody's perfect there's still relationships that i'm still processing from years ago still learning from those that's still like that's a part of healing and it's been it could be seven years ago and you always have to readdress and reassess your triggers exactly yeah. And so it's more so it's like, you know, how can I get past this now? Mm-hmm. What tools do I have? But it's never it's never erased. Yeah. I, I'm still processing shit that happened decades ago. Listen, we are still nurturing and 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 healing the inner child. Yeah. Right? So yeah, like I didn't even like want to even mention that because it's just like look his mind is somewhat set up already i don't want to do anything that you know comes to like us just like hanging out and all that stuff or whatever and it's just like at this plateau we were doing great i don't want to i'm not going to accept a plateau i don't want that right now like because we were moving at a nice trajectory in my opinion or whatever and uh, the job thing didn't end up working, you know, so he's still here. Um, and then here it is like, you know, we're just like, Hey, okay. But I kind of felt like a lot of it was full of shit just because don't tell me that you're speaking to your ancestors and all these spiritual things and metaphysics and, and which I'm all into. Mm-hmm. We can go down a wormhole, but don't mention all of that for, like you say, like all this intensity for one email to throw you so far off your rocker. And then on top of that, sir, like you're supposed to be polyamorous. 
yeah, you're supposed to be able to develop this relationship with me while yes. still being able to process yes. your feelings with the other person since, you know, you have the capacity to do so. Exactly. And because, you know, with dating him, I learned so much and threw myself down a wormhole of like understanding poly people and, and really like seeing like all the different versions of like what it looks like and and I've gotten to know a couple people at this point. And I mentioned it to um, one of the uh, acquaintances, at least um, maybe about a month or two ago. And I was just telling them, I told them the whole situation. And they were like, that's not, he's not really poly. And a part of me wanted to say that back in the day when we were getting to know each other, because I kind of felt like, you know, why he felt the need to be poly was out of scarcity mm-hmm. because he had went, you know, from being in the same location to being like away from his partner at the time. And, you know, he, the partner was like toxic. And then, so that was kind of like dwindling down and he reconnected with somebody from his past or whatever, but was still loved his partner, even though it was toxic. And then they ended up breaking up. So I kind of felt like it was out of scarcity, but of course I wasn't about to tell somebody at the dinner table, like, Nigga, you not poly. You just did that because you weren't next to your your man. Well, and y'all was transitioning out of a relationship. I wasn't about to say that, but now after our dating experience, at least, and in talking to somebody who's been poly for years and who has a number of relationships currently, you know. They were like, um, yeah, as a poly individual, you never let your relationships bleed into each other. You have, of course, there's different levels to this shit, but all those relationships, like most of the time, like they, they don't bleed into each other when it comes to like emotional things, because you have the capacity to be this super lover romantically. Right. Mm -hmm. So rather you have one relationship and you're getting to know somebody new or you have a relationship that's not so good that you're transitioning out of and you're getting to know somebody new or you have multiple that's going good those things don't you know you're able to to compartmentalize your love for each partner and give those partners what they need and they give those uh you know emotions and feelings to you and you know it's that reciprocity So there's no reason why this person who claims to be poly can let an email from an ex throw them off their rocker from getting to know somebody who they've been dating for some time. And within that dating experience, nothing has been a red flag for them. Nothing. Everything's been going great. It's no way. Yeah. So that's kind of like what made me like roll my eyes at it because I was like, mm. got it. Because I kind of just felt like, no, yeah, you and what this poly person said and just like all the shit that I've seen. No, you're it seems to be that you are only capable of sustaining romantic love and nurturing romantic love one at a time and that you may not be exactly what you might be you might be that but at this current moment sir it's not and it's okay 
Yeah, and it's totally okay. Like, um, you know, you're able to love somebody and give them your attention and stuff. And it's like, okay, look, I get it. Because I done been in relationships uh, that didn't last. And, you know, that ex come back or whatever fucks you up. Like, I've been there. We've talked about this seasons ago. But I also know, like, what I'm capable of and, like, what my capacity is, you know. But I also felt like, you know, he just needed to, he needs to live some life. Okay. Yeah. A lot of us, a lot of times, like, people just need to live some life. Get some life under your belt. Get some experiences under your belt. Learn some new things about yourself or whatever like that. So I think with him, um, he needs to learn that because one of our mutual friends was just like, yeah, I hate when he throws this poly thing out because he's never been in a successful monogamous relationship, let alone like a successful poly relationship. So my our mutual friend was just like, I don't think that he should just like go based off of like that just off the rip because it kind of like throws people off you know, and kind of like sabotages people, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, but that's, that's where he's at right now. Bless his heart. But you know, I mean, all this stuff has been crazy because with the dating sites, I've told you some of those horror stories. Sure. Y'all, I would say this with the dating sites and even like just meeting people out. What I've learned is that there's so many strange, just weird people with weird perceptions of how they see you and how they see life and different perspectives. Yeah, one thing that I've learned with the dating sites is I just don't think that they work for me because a photo and a little description in the bio doesn't tell you, like it doesn't give you an accurate preview of me. Mm -hmm. It's crazy because people can look a certain way and they can craft a beautiful paragraph, you know, on their profile or whatever. and. Y'all can do the text and the calling or whatever that, you know, and as you get to know them, you end up finding out like different things about you. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, because my situation was, was that like a month or two? Yeah. Like two months behind me, I guess. That threw me cr for like crazy because I didn't know. And what was so scary, because I was shook and I told you that. Yeah. I was shook because I end up like meeting somebody talk to them for like two weeks or whatever nice guy all that stuff or whatever but they eventually came out you know as somewhat of a predator and that threw me for a loop because it just made me think about what if we didn't talk about this what if we never touched on this particular topic and we started to date or we, we got into a relationship or whatever. And I didn't know this side of you mm -hmm. and that's scary. Yeah. And it's, it's especially scary because we have this idea mm -hmm. of what a predator should look like or what a predator should act like. Yes. 
when in actuality, we're probably amongst predators all the time. Ooh, a scary definite. Oh my gosh. Ooh, yeah. You know, these people are living normal lives doing their predatory bullshit. Or have like their predatory ideations. Yeah. Uh? But like, we don't think about that shit because for one, you know, we, we have a specific idea of what, you know, a villain or a predator looks like. Then mm-hmm. I also feel like uh, people excuse a lot of predatory behavior as well. Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. Even just amongst the black community, why are young mm. girls urged to cover themselves up when they're in the comfort of their home because uncle so-and-so was here? That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's, it comes, I guess, because, and, and like you say, like, let's just keep it to the black community. Cause like, that's the community we are a part of. Right. Um, it kind of makes me think about just from being, as far as like being a, a gay black boy and having proximity to like, you know, uh, black girls at the time when, when I was a kid, um, and hearing their stories and stuff about, you know, being 14 or 15 or whatever. And, you know, it was the thing to date somebody who was 18, 19, 22, 26. Mm-hmm. Oh, he had money. He took me shopping and all that stuff, or whatever. But at the same time, you as a girl at that point were 14, 15. Right. Maybe 16. I was in high school hearing girls talk about that all the time. My boyfriend was 21. It was a known thing. And the, a lot of them would make it a point to say that they weren't having sex. Mm-hmm. But like, I, mm-hmm. are you trying to protect this man? Because baby, he's spending all these coins and you're not giving up no sugar. Listen. <sighs> We lied about, look, as boys, we lied about jacking off um, because that wasn't the cool thing. And then you grew up and like, everybody's like, we grown, we, we be stroking the fuck out of our dicks. Mm-hmm. Um, girls used to lie about not sucking dick, you know, but they be sucking dick. I don't suck no dick. This is, I'm only going to do that for my man. I'm going to do that when I get married. Bye for apples. So I say that to say, of course, they, you know, would say, oh, yeah, we not have a sex because they wanted this. I'm a virgin. I'm, I'm not a hoe, mm-hmm. you know, because once you have sex and now you a hoe at this point mm-hmm. uh, in those years is how we viewed people. And that's what people did not want to be viewed as. So, yeah, like we kind of became conditioned as a community. Um and I mean, you can trace this shit all the way back or whatever, but there's always been usually like an older, much older man and a younger uh, woman or a younger uh, person who is like the submissive, at least. Um, so that's definitely been something or whatever. And then like just on the gay side, you know, a lot of people, especially with this particular dude that I was getting to know, um, that's somebody who could potentially, you know, be grooming, mm-hmm. you know, young boys who are minors or whatever, right? And I was just so 
shook and blown away that I was even experiencing somebody like in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, that was surreal and like scary because like I say, um, as a gay boy, especially like back in the day and stuff, we didn't have, you know, uh, we didn't see ourselves like represented on TV and stuff like that and commercially like we do these days. So somebody being a, a predator, a groomer, you know, they're um they're honing in on like your insecurities and like lack of experience and lack of proximity to somebody who's like you. So all you're looking for is like male and male to male interaction to like release whatever urges you may have right Mm -hmm. um and they prey on that so and that was stuff that i used to hear you know growing up too from like some of the uh the gay boys when i heard their stories and stuff um for me i always like people my age Mm -hmm. you know yeah i never liked older people and i don't like too young so and i was just like oh my gosh but yeah, that scared the fuck out of me because I was like, damn, you could be dating down. You <laughs> Y'all need to, I think like the first dating questions need to be. So what are your kinks? What are your kinks? You know, where did you go to school? What are your kinks? Let's let, like, let's get this out the way. Mm-hmm. Let me know. I'm a, I'm a keep a poker face. Um, and then I'm going to say, you know, I got to go to the bathroom or I'm going to call the police on you. I don't know. I may have Cookie and them come, come meet you outside. I don't know. Maybe. You know. You never know. What are your kinks? The options are limitless. Yeah. Like, what you like to do? Like, let's let's get this out the way. But yeah. Uh-uh. It's been ghetto, though. I mean, for you, though, how has your summer been? My summer, this one was one for the books, for sure. It really um, was. I got a teaser into parenthood. Yes, you did. I got to see how um, my village will uh, stand up for me. Mm-hmm. I got to see how um, just having a child in my life changes my entire day to day. Mm-hmm you know, my emotions becoming their emotions and vice versa. Um, and it's definitely just been an, an eye-opening experience. Um, so I had taken on custody of my little sister for a while. Um, and at first it was fun. It was, you know, fun having sister time. Mm-hmm. But then when things, you know, when I had to step into my parent role, mm-hmm. things became difficult. Yeah, because with that, you you went into it so optimistically and so you you ran into it like and you planned it out. Right. It was all like very much a realistic new life that you were ready to create because you accepted that to be your new normal at that point. Mm-hmm. Like you were really like, look, I'm about to be big sister slash mom to you know a, a child i mean because that's the thing like she's a teenager but when as somebody who's 
in your our thirties or approaching thirties, when you look back, it's like, oh, you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're you. We don't think of it when we were that age, but it's like looking back on it as somebody who's like fifteen years, seventeen years older. You're a kid, mm-hmm. a child. Mm-hmm. And but she's at that age where she doesn't feel like she's a kid. Oh. But then also feels like she's very much a kid. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like you had said earlier that uh people just need to live more you know they need some lived experience and i remember mm-hmm. being a teenager being offended when people would be like oh you'll understand when you're older mm-hmm. that, that used to piss me off as a teen but then like now as someone approaching 30 and having to deal with a teenager i'm like yeah girl you're gonna get it when you're older <laughs> mm-hmm. yep you're gonna get this lived experience i mean but no you had a great village um and I, like I say, I was, I was afraid, but it was mostly just like, and it was a little selfish, but it was just like, oh my gosh, she's not going to be able to do like whatever, like, you know, mm-hmm. or what would that look like? You know, uh, this adjustment, um, when it comes to like, you know, uh, having our, you know, conversations or, you know, in-person interactions and stuff like that. Um, and given the circumstances and stuff, like what would that look like with this new altered, you know, way of life now that you're having to like, you know, raise your teenage, uh, sister until she's legal, you know, for the time being, and probably even after that, I mean, yeah, which probably was going to be a situation that was, yeah, but it's like, okay, like what does it look like, you know? I'm I'm a chameleon. I can see what this new normal for Devonay would be. You know, like I guess we might go out, but we might not stay out too long. Or I don't know. Like, but it seemed like a really good setup at first. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was it was a good time at first. She was you know very receptive to my parenting style. Mm-hmm. early on but then when things got tough or like we got into you know just kind of conflict things that she didn't agree with <laughs> then things became very difficult difficult yes yeah and there were other you know extraneous circumstances as to why the situation had to end but i think ultimately just kind of the parenting aspect is was a big factor mm-hmm but it definitely gave like as an outsider at least it gave me a vision of you know what kind of mom you'll become you know if given opportunity like you know if Mm -hmm. you want to take that mantle you know up one day and be a mother you know to a baby you know to grow this little human up to be like a, a good person that practices good character in the world and people like them mm-hmm. you know so it definitely gave me just like a vision of like oh shit like she got this once if it if that happens she got this like okay she's gonna be like a pretty reasonable mom yeah that's my hope <laughs> No, it definitely gave that because I was like, wow, this is different. Like, you really are now daddy deaf. Like, yeah. 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 You, you did good for the time. It's not definitely an eye opening experience. I, I learned a lot about myself and how I had to handle 
a lot of the way I feel differently Mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, deliver things to to her. Patience. Yeah. And I'm always, you know, naturally a patient person, but I, you know, I had to to rethink like my word choice. I can't, you know, she's a kid. I can't just cuss her the fuck out because she pissed me off. That's true. (laughs) That's true. I just do that. Mm -hmm. But you also, you know, can't sit on stuff because they pissed you off like so it's it really <laughs> i feel like it made me a better communicator mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because i mean you're used to being like a a dog and cat mom yeah like this is like a whole human who could cuss you back out or fight you back or, like i mean mm-hmm. if given if that's where they want to take it they could be like fuck you bitch i need to fight I knock all this shit over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you had a lot of patience. It was just funny, like, uh, your whisper tones in our conversations. See, because, like, I grew up in a household where my mom, uh, when she was on the phone with her friends, the sisters, or whoever, my mom talks really loud. So I didn't have to ever ear hustle because my mom just talks loud. You just heard her full conversation for however long it was. So we always heard the gossip. Always. Because one thing, Miss Rhonda is loud. She talks very loud. Mm-hmm. See, I've also, you know, in my lived experience, mm-hmm. learned that grown folk business be grown folk business. Listen. <laughs> and kids need to stay in word a child's place. Like all those like little phrases and things that used to piss me off are mm-hmm. coming into play. Yeah, I'm not your little friend. Yeah. I'm not your little friend. Mm-mm. You know, if Timmy jump off the bridge, you gonna jump off the bridge. Okay. Black mom was good for saying that very much. So if if they do it, you gonna do it. You follow the lead. You... Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, they all make sense. Yeah, kids need to stay in a child's place. Kids are not our friends. Mm-mm. Even though, and I know this, I feel like this is what the kind of relationship you're going to foster with your children. And same thing with me um, is that I want to be a safe space to my kid, you know, and I want them to be able to feel comfortable telling me and being honest and forthcoming and, and, vulnerable and caring and considerate and all the things because i'm going to be that for them but i don't want them to be afraid to say shit or whatever but at the same time there's going to be a respect level where it's like okay i'm still your parent yeah you know and some things you know thank you for telling me this this and this but now i have to kind of like be a parent like course correct if that if it's needed at least right you know because like i say like i'm always like grateful for people's vulnerability and stuff but i guess like when it does like raise a certain red flag it's like oh wait hold on like let's let's actually like trying to catch that right now and just like course correct if need be yeah i mean that's what you did i mean I was, I was like, I wonder how my girl, how she going, what's next? Like, you know, how you going to get some love, you know, cause 
this was a hot summer. It was. You know, I mean, I know the code is for like the boot up, you know, times and stuff like that, which we're approaching, but you know, pool parties, day parties, what you doing, text. Sometimes you just need like a, a touch from a man. Yeah. And I was wondering, I'm like, so what that's gonna look like for a girl? I asked you that. Yeah, I remember I was like, girl, I, I, what you gonna do? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, where's the girl else? She's been a celibate year. <laughs> Listen. I can't begin to even feel what you have been feeling these last few months with me just you know i've been celibate for a little bit mm -hmm. you know but for all my especially like all my girls like y'all be taking like long ass breaks and it, it it's never planned to be that way but then life be life in and for me i just I'd be laser focused on what I gotta handle before I'd be worried about a nigga. Because <laughs> what you say, you are a Capricorn woman. I am a Capricorn woman, very much. So, what does that what does that mean for the listeners? I mean, for me, I just like to have my affairs in order mm -hmm. before I try to entertain someone casually or seriously. Got you. Yeah, because my thing is, you know, I'm not, you know, if a man invite me out on a date, I'm still going with a certain amount of money in my pocket. I know, that's right. Yeah, because I'm not going to assume that he's going to pay, even though he should, because he invited me. Yes. But I'm still, the anxious part of me is like, baby, you're not leaving the house unless you can match whatever you ordering. That is true. He may want to split the bill. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I also, you know, want to have certain living arrangements. I said, with me having a child, I still had a pretty small apartment with my kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I can't bring gentlemen there. And we can't uh, forget to mention your, your adorable little, little fur babies. Oh, yeah. My, my fur children. They're so cute. Ugh. I love them so much. But you know, like my my girls, you know. I love Dior. He's a sweet boy. He's such a sweet boy. He get like all up in your face. He's so personal. And he just, you know, it just be a little analysis. Like he don't bite or nothing. He just Yeah, I feel like he's an like analyzing, like he's computing. Mm -hmm. And he is just so cute, those little eyes and stuff, that little nose. I just got to like squeeze because I love, I love noses, let alone like dog noses. I just, it's like this thing on it. I, I have to squeeze it. Mm -hmm. And then Ivy, of course, that's my girl. My little lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, that totally makes sense just with you having to like evaluate what your living situation looked like and just like involving a man in there permanently or temporarily. I mean... I just didn't have the capacity for yeah. it. Interesting. But then it also made me think back. You know, a big thing is, you know, men acting in their masculine energy and women acting in their feminine energy. Oh. And I'm like, is 
me thinking that way about myself deterring me from finding a man because I, I'm not allowing help. Ooh, speak on it. How did that make you feel? I'm still processing it because I kind of had that realization probably about a week and a half ago. Like, mm -hmm. am I the problem? Because, you know, men are taught to, you know, protect and provide mm -hmm. and just kind of how I feel I need to care for myself is are men's feeling like I'm not allowing them to do that. Got you. And I, I, I don't, I don't know how to maneuver that. <laughs> is it like, is it just, you know, do you feel that it's a natural thing for you? Or do you feel that it's probably like a learned and conditioned thing to be, um, self-sufficient and independent and not to ask for help? I feel like it's a little of both. I, I can see that. Because, yeah, I definitely feel like I do act in a, in a space of hypervigilance mm -hmm. where um, I feel like I need an excess of things to be comfortable mm -hmm. versus, you know, I'm doing okay. You are. I very much could have a man in my life and be comfortable going out on dates or whatever. But I think... I have this expectation of what mm -hmm. things should look like for me oh. that I have to reevaluate. But do you feel that it's an expectation that's like so, so hard that like keeps you close off from men, like to the point where it's making you like unavailable? I mean, because a lot of times, like with the conditioned and learned form of like independence and being self-sufficient and stuff, especially in the dating scene, mm -hmm. is always like, you know, it's off survival. Yeah. You know. And I also feel like it's too coming from like a, like I'm looking for a certain kind of man. What kind of man looking for? He got to have a substantial amount of money in his pocket. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the men want women that also got a substantial amount of money in their pocket. Yeah, I think everybody should be able to bring a good amount of something. Yeah, and I just kind of, with the field that I work in, you know, I would like someone that is either of equal earning or more. And I do feel like the environment that I currently live in, it's hard to find. Mm. So, I mean, you know, given the opportunity, an environment at least, mm -hmm. how do you plan on, you know, changing that? Well, you know, my time in Vegas will be coming to a close. After how long? Um, in about a month and a half. Oh, damn. Yeah. Because you've been in Vegas for, what, five years or four years? Five and a half years. Wow. Was it fun? She was cute. She was cute. She was cute. And then um, the world um, closed. Mm -hmm. And then it just, it kind of got a little ugly. 
Because with the dating scene in Vegas, I mean, what is that like though? Um, trash. <laughs> I think we've even talked about it in either I kind of be forgetting like did we ever talk about it in previous episodes or just like our regular conversations on the phone? It's weird. It's definitely weird because I feel like with Vegas being such a tourist town, mm -hmm. people kind of already approach things with their guard up, but like times 10 because, you know, people, Vegas is a city of sin, like, and a lot of people just be scamming motherfuckers. Mm. And so, like, I feel like everyone is acting in a space of hypervigilance. Oh, that's a good way to put it. And and I think it's become to where like a lot of Vegas locals are homebodies. And so I'll, you know, start having a conversation with the gentleman and he's like, oh, what do you do for fun? And I'm naming all these things that I like to do for fun. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, I like watching my housewives or I like going shopping or I like going to the movies or, you know, I like going to paint. I like going to poetry nights, just shit like that. Mm -hmm. And then um, they'll be like, oh, uh, that's cool. Um, I like to stay home. So everybody be at home. Everybody be at home. And, and it's because hot. It's hot. And so that's another thing too. Vegas locals will be inside during the summer. Interesting. I you know, I have the luxury of having a pool on my roof at my apartment complex. I couldn't tell you the last time I went up to that pool. Which is so crazy because why not? Because it's been so motherfucking hot. I mean, that's true. It was in in the month of July in Vegas this year. Mm -hmm. There were 17 days in the month that were over 110 degrees. Damn. Oh. Ooh, that's hot. I wasn't about to be a crawfish in my damn pool. Not you about to turn to a seafood bowl. Mm-mm. I wasn't about to be. I wasn't going to be a corn on the cob. I wasn't going to be no? a potato. You want to be a potato? No. Oh. I can be a potato in my house. Listen. <laughs> I am king potato. Okay. <laughs> Y'all, because if you haven't seen me tweet about it or hear me talk about it, like I call myself a potato when I just let myself just, I let it go. And my facial hair is like growing and. My hair is it's just a lot. My eyebrows not done. Fingers and toes need some uh some manicuring and pedicuring. It'd be some I call it potato time. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't help that I do be on a couch, so I do turn to a couch potato. Chilling. Yeah. Comfortable. Mm -hmm. Cozy. Cozy. <laughs> Jinx. Jinx. Work. In synchronicity, I love it. No, I mean, cause yeah, potatoes not be be serious, but then you gotta like make yourself look pretty. You gotta turn from being Mister Spud to being Mister Stud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big mood. So everybody, like all the locals, are potatoes in Vegas for the most part. Like, and then I also feel like Vegas doesn't have a younger black scene. I, feel I can like see that. There are a lot of things to do for our 55 plus community. Yes. But, you know, for folk in our age range, 
there there are things on a larger scale but i'm like i'm not trying to go to dre's every weekend yeah i mean do the locals really go to those like or is it almost like a tourist trap yeah it's not fun like it's not i sat in a section in dre's um last year and all the girls it was just kind of just like a it was a beauty pageant that's annoying and they're playing back that ass up and a negro spiritual and nobody's dancing nobody's on ass that's that's a crime that's disrespectful incredibly i don't like that yeah i left did you leave to throw some ass before the song ended oh you were just over it over it were the girls nice i don't know because they didn't speak oh they could have been lovely girls they could have been terrible girls couldn't tell you because everybody was just so worried about looking pretty and being chosen and being summoned by a man not they're trying to get chose yeah yeah i mean like even visiting vegas you know these last five years you know i've been back and forth so many times at this point but yeah i never noticed any really attractive um black men at least for me for like you know being gay or whatever i didn't really see too many options i've seen some but like a handful the tourists be fine yeah the tourists be fine they be you know we about to take vegas vegas ain't never seen nobody like us it's like bitch but so the the people that actually live there they don't they don't really give interesting i'm ready to go yeah sad that i mean for the gay black community and the straight black community is pretty much the same story but then i hear my dad say the same thing he said the same thing he's been in vegas for five years Mm -hmm. not a lot of options so i'm like the fuck's going on it's a city of sin i would think that people i don't know so just like people we don't like being excessively hot and so that's another thing there may be plenty of options and everybody at home and i'm just i'm not breaking mm-hmm. into to niggas houses asking to fall in love with me you're not you know running through niggas house like a tomb raider no 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 oh i mean i get it though because you don't want guys doing that to you right yeah we don't want that i mean so with this being your last month in vegas what are we looking forward to to come up last month in vegas um i'm gonna just do a couple of things around the city get uh friday the 13th tattoos the night before i leave okay and then um, I will be embarking on my journey to Texas. Finally. I'm so excited for you. I'm really excited for Texas. Mm-hmm. This is going to be so good. Because you're going to have so many options when it comes to natural resources, first off. Um, business opportunities you know friendship like building community Mm -hmm. i feel like you will be in 
a great space because there's so many people, you know, within our age group and a lot of people will have like, like mind and share a lot of like the things that you enjoy. And I feel like you're going to like, I feel you're about to really find like your real tribe. Like you have pieces and it'll just be like people that you add into, but I feel like you're going to have like a nice, like lift in community that you like curate. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm manifesting. That's what I'm praying for. Definitely. Um, yeah. recently spoke uh, with an astrologer and she was really excited about my move to Texas. And she made it a point to say, she said the state of Texas is a Capricorn sun. Like it was, and she said for finding places that are that have placements in your big three so like me i'm a capricorn sun cancer rising pisces moon so if i were to move to any city that had one of those placements that it would be really harmonious oh. and so she is really confident that things are just going to fall together the way i'm hoping yeah yeah, we're, I mean, like I said, community is going to be a really, I see a lot of things coming from the community building aspect of this new transition, you know, to Texas and stuff and just so many new opportunities and just also just like meeting people who are open-minded and eclectic and, you know, it's because like I say, Texas is known for like, it's conservative, you know, ideologies and stuff like that. But there's so much, um, you know, big thinkers and contrary to popular belief, like there's a lot of like great people in the state of Texas. I mean, that's where I went to school at before I moved to California and I love the state, you know, but I just, I love the people, the locals, the natives, all the shit. But I mean, when it comes to even just like the romantic, you know, potentials and opportunities, I'm really excited about that for you. Yeah, I definitely feel like being down south, I'll be in a space where like my body type is celebrated. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's another thing is, you know, being in Vegas or, you know, just the West Coast. They like they like the skinny girls and Devin ain't ever been a skinny girl, probably ain't ever going to be a skinny girl. And Devin A's okay with that. Mm -hmm. What would be like your first course of action? In Texas? Mm -hmm. um, either getting a new tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or um, throwing in that red hair dye. So let's talk about this this transformation real quick. Mm -hmm. What does it give me? Give us a sneak peek. Sneak peek. Um, yeah, just a baddie, a redheaded baddie, mm -hmm. a fashionable baddie. Mm -hmm. Um, a baddie making a lot more money than she making now. I know that's right. <laughs> And definitely just kind of really honing in on being outside. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like I've kind of isolated myself a lot for the last few years. And I feel like it's it started with the pandemic and I just kind of became a really, you know, homebody mm-hmm. and really actually just exploring who I am mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. Because like the thing is, you know, there's going to be so much going on, like so much hustle and bustle and just being outside there's parks there's parties there's venues where you could go eat and and have like a nice ambiance and go to poetry nights or live music and stuff i mean trails and things and gun you know like shoot your guns and stuff i mean you're gonna be in why not you know go to the range like hey yeah i plan on being a licensed gun owner Oh, yes, as you should. Yeah, I mean, but then also just like the 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 hustle and the opportunities from uh, the city and stuff and just like with the locals and with the men, I mean, baby, like I just that's definitely a part of like one of the reasons why I'm like, yeah, she needs to be out in a space where she's able to like really build community, but also uh, reap the, the, the fruits you know, you've been a really great person to a lot of people. And I think that, you know, it's time that you start, you know, getting them blessings. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I'm ready to get back to having like fun, fun. Yes. I mean, because the thing is like, there's so many, um, it's so much outdoors activities. I mean, I just, I'm I'm here for the you know texting or calling and yo ass answer like I gotta call you back. I'm at this party, like because it's gonna be so many going on all at once in the same day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to hear about you know the 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 men, your interactions with them and. Mm. <laughs> like that that definitely like really excites me just like having you in a better space and environment like it's gonna be really cool so uh the whole transformation of you know debonate to dev and this these red locks that you're gonna have like see you gonna it's gonna be a little time you gonna be eating good. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be fun. You be throwing ass as you should. Yeah, and you gonna be so much closer to New Orleans. So much closer to New Orleans. Hmm. Hmm. You could drive there if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even a bad drive. It's like five hours. It's not terrible. Oh my god! Damn. Yeah. Well, shit. That's gonna be real cute then. That's yeah. Five and a half hours, that's nothing. I can do that without being annoyed. Yes. Yeah. So overall, though, I mean, with everything that's happened this summer and just like what's to come in the future, what are probably like the the biggest things if you can like list them? And probably not in any order, of course, but just what you're looking to establish and to create 
you know, um, for like the first, this fourth quarter, but also like the mm, first quarter of next year. Um, yeah, so quarter four of 2023 is definitely just going to be getting to Texas and saving, spending time with my mother, mm -hmm. doing, you know, the holidays and stuff with her, and then really setting myself up for success in in quarter one. And then quarter one is just, I'm going to be hitting the ground running. I'm going to be in H-Town. Mm hmm um hey that's gonna be so cute so cute and then just really start building community there and mm -hmm. getting outside and building community with musicians that's gonna be real cute because baby every time i go there i'd be obsessed I mean, and then the, the funny thing is, like, the flights are actually not even that expensive. Like, they're always about 90 or 100, maybe, but I'm going to be coming there often. A period. Pull up mm -hmm. on me. Oh, I plan on it. Yeah. Yeah. So you were saying, like, just being there and just like, what else? Yeah. Um, building community with um, other musicians, other creatives. And then um, just going out and going on dates and having fun. Ooh, I can't wait for you to be going on some dates with some handsome, eligible bachelors. That's going to be real nice. Mm -hmm. I want to hear about them stories. What kind of kerfuffle you get yourself into? Are you going to terrorize Houston? You know. I might. I might terrorize Houston. It'll be fun though. They're gonna like it. Yeah. Are you gonna have a lot of boyfriends? I would like one for like every day of the week, except what? Sunday. Six? Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. yeah, starting five and one possible. That's reasonable. Are you like, are you going to compartmentalize that all the men like, do they have to like deal with you like Monday is Monday and don't talk to me on Tuesday? Like, that's a lot because then they're going to know that I got five other niggas. So, are you going to be responding to like six different good morning texts and how did you sleep or, you know, oh my God, I'm sorry, you know, I didn't call you back or whatever, I was asleep and you probably were. Or you probably was on the phone with another nigga. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. You don't feel like you're going to feel like overwhelmed? I might. We're going to see. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like, I guess, like, with the starting five, bonus six, they have to kind of, like, prove themselves to be capable of X, Y, and Z. So depending on what kind of access that they have to you would be dictated off that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I'm actually going to end up with six niggas, but maybe like three. I can see three. <laughs> I can see three. Cause I'm like really understanding my capacity. Three might even be a lot. Interesting. But 
definitely want more than two because then if one pissed me off, I, I can't put all the weight on the other one. That's a good way to look. Okay. That's a cute little roster. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. No, I'm really excited about that, you know, and, and like I say, I think that um, for some reason, these last two weeks have been very uh, reaffirming when it comes to like, just like what the universe has been catching on to our words that we put out mm -hmm. into it, you know, so that's why I wanted to like really get into that because I've seen some some synchronicity, at least with how everything's falling apart. And coming together, and I'm like, oh, well, shit. It's something to it. Like I told you earlier, I'm like, the algorithm of the universe has been doing something. Been on it. It's been on it. Yeah, I mean, so no, because again, like this has been like a very interesting summer. You know, I think that it's forced us both to be, like you say, like very. Um, analytical about like what's going on in our lives how we're coming off to other people how we want people to come to us and interact with us and stuff and just like really um when it comes to like the building of like character and evolving as a person in, in the whole you know we've had like emotional stuff happen we've had different obstacles relationship wise you know financial jobs all that stuff or whatever like there's so many different things that's happened and i think that you know with a good enough understanding of the universe at least or how the alignments of the planets fall into place you know more about that than i do mm -hmm. but i think like you know let's pay attention like stay vigilant with that um because i mean for me you know, I'm still looking to continue to build, you know, with new radio, of course, and get more sponsorships. And now that we're on season four, you know, making it better than before, but also, you know, building other business ventures, you know, and then even just like work wise and stuff like we've talked about it. Like, I want a really great promotion. Yes. When it's remote, because I miss being remote. I want to get back to traveling, but then also working at the same time. Mm -hmm. I don't like taking PTO. You don't. I really don't. You be over it. I really don't like that because I like that check to come. If I do have to leave that role or whatever the fuck it is, I, I like that, that check. It'd be cute. It'd be cute. It'd be real fucking cute. You know, all that unused PTO, baby. What? Yeah, so I do want that. Like, I do want to be in a space where I am back to being remote and being able to travel and be like mobile and everything like that, you know. But yeah, I'm, and even just family wise, it's always been great and solid. But I'm looking forward to, you know, being in love. That'd be cool. Cause I'm definitely in a space where like everybody, everybody's changing things. Like I say, like this summer, people have like really friends of mine have gotten married. Friends of mine have like become uh, parents. I mean, a lot has changed. People getting out from people. It's us or you are getting 
outside, but a lot of people who are outside are taking their ass inside. Yeah. Because they got somebody like texting them, like, where you at? What time are you supposed to leave? Oh, you want me to come? Okay, just say that. Mm -hmm. I'm on my way, baby. Yeah. People are building families and stuff or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, for me, at least, like, I do want to uh, be open to that and um, see where everything, like, falls into place at least. But, you know, I'm optimistic. I'm incredibly optimistic. I'm I'm happy to hear that as a naturally optimistic person. But I guess, like, on... Uh, just to send the people off ask the astrologer extraordinaire you are mm -hmm. the oracle mm -hmm. what do we have to look forward to um with the stars and the planets so like i said today venus retrograde and leo ends so we will have um the venus retrograde shadow period mm. shadow period that we'll have to get through which should end within the next week or so okay. we're also still in the midst of mercury retrograde so i would just let people know be patient with yourself double check everything make sure that you're saving everything with your technology make sure that you check the counter if you left your lunch your keys your wallet double check do all of your things and then just make sure that your affairs are in order splurge on yourself but don't overspend mm -hmm. You know, definitely take some time to treat yourself and then be mindful with your words. Y'all hear that? Be mindful with your words. Because why? Because right now we're in the midst of a time where what you're saying and how it's interpreted may not be the same. Mm. And so make sure that you're you're being very mindful with mindful with your words, you're being very clear and concise. Mm -hmm. That way there's no misinterpretations. Noted. And then that's like the last of like the retrogrades for the planets that we'll have for this year, right? Right. So we'll get through September. Mm -hmm. And then in October we do have an eclipse on the 14th. And so people that have been gearing up for transformative things may see a very large shift towards the things that they've been working for after that eclipse occurs. Really? Mm -hmm. That makes me excited because I have like a lot of things that I'm trying to do. So, I mean, well, I'm, I'm leaving for Texas the day of the eclipse and didn't know yeah. it <laughs> and didn't know it until I looked at a calendar. So, yeah. Hmm. Y'all hear that? Oh, and also, we discovered to hopefully, so we don't forget. Uh, you're talking about the um, the Lilith, your Black Moon Lilith. Yes, you put me onto that shit last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all watch out. Yeah. Find out what your Black Moon Lilith is. You need um, everything that you need for your rising, so your birth date and time and the place that you were born. And find and just Google Black Moon Lilith calculator. You'll be able to find one, and it'll it'll tell you about yourself. It read me down to the ground. 
it yeah mm -hmm. it was good yeah tell you about yourself child yeah like i said on twitter i'm like you know fuck trying to get a nigga's criminal record you know on google find out his his black moon lilith mm -hmm. they'll tell you everything that you need to know about him everything that you need to know everything you will crack the code so get that man's time but also for the toxic and the narcissistic folks y'all have been warned y'all better protect y'all birth time and where y'all were born and all that stuff a year and shit y'all need to protect it like it's your your social security number because if somebody who's listening to new radio in season four listens to this and they find out what your black moon Lilith is, they're going to blow your cover. It's going to tell on you. <laughs> your entire chart kind of tells on you, but yeah, your black moon Lilith really. I feel like that black moon Lilith like scalped me. Mm -hmm. She, she hit me in my jugular. I feel like she like really went into detail. She, yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. I mean, look, like I said, you are always uh, educating me and opening me up to some new things. And I'm always appreciative of it. And it's always just amazing to see like how you're able to merge into like just like an everyday life thing and how it affects us as individuals. So that's always really cool. Yeah. One thing that I will also suggest to the listeners is take some time to really think about astrology and how it affects the world around you instead of being so hyper focused on compatibility. Because mm. once I stopped worrying about compatibility and just took in um, really took an understanding of the energies of each sign, mm -hmm. you'll be able to just understand people a whole lot more and then you'll become more compatible with other people because you get them. Oh, y'all see how she do this? I love it. Because, yeah, everyone is like, oh, I hate Leos or I hate Scorpios or whatever. And I'm just kind of like, you don't have an understanding of the energy. We you know I hate Libras. Right. And I feel like in due time, you'll get over that. <laughs> strong dislike. You'll be right. Powerful. We'll see. I mean, it's just some good old Venusian energy with the Libras. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, why the Venusian? Is that the uh, Libra sign? Yeah, so Libra is ruled, Libra and Taurus are both ruled by Venus. Mm. Okay. I'm, I look, I, I'm going to keep that in mind and, and continue to be optimistic, but. Hmm. I appreciate, you know, you and your patience of always explaining how uh, astrology works and stuff, because you'd be putting me on to some, some things. Do what I can. You do enough. <laughs> do a lot, which is enough. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, I look forward to all the things that we both have coming up. I'm really glad that we got to catch up and really like have a discussion about, you know, our summers and really like where we're going and what we want, I think is 
has been very realistic, what we all want. And um, I just look forward to everything that's to come. I'm really excited about it. Me too. Yeah. So, y'all, thank you so much. Um, like I said in the beginning, make sure to subscribe to new radio streaming on all platforms where you can hear podcasts and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at new radio one zero one. And, or if you want to slide in my DMs respectfully, find me on Instagram at Kenny Heflin and Devin A. World of Dev Michelle on Instagram. And then it's Dev's world on Twitter. I know that's right. Period. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for being back on the show. I can't wait for us to have an update episode in a few months. Likewise, it's always a good time being on Nude Radio. I know, right? It's always good to have you on. Well, y'all have a great week, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye.